This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Complete Guide to Everything, a podcast about everything. I'm one of your hosts, Tom. And I'm Tim. Tim, how are you doing this week? Um, Tom, I'm doing well, mm-hmm. but I, I'm on the verge of starting to possibly lose my voice. Oh, but the, well, that's perfect for uh, a podcast. I know. I make my living with these golden pipes. Yeah. And now look what's happening uh, what, in the poorhouse. What happened? Were you screaming at your wife or something? Is that how you you lost your, you started losing your voice? I know that's no. something you you do a lot. That's, no, that's not really something I do a lot. It's not something that I have the desire to do, and I wouldn't be able to do it I know, anyway. Well, I know. You always say, like, I don't want to do this, but you make me do it. But, uh, Tim, yeah. honestly, I don't think that's true. Could you imagine screaming at somebody in a New York City apartment? <laughs> That'd be so uncomfortable. Yeah, because the, literally the whole block would hear it. Yeah. Stinks. And that's not why I don't scream at my. We're <laughs> a minute into this, and you're. And yeah. I'm always. Yeah, I mean, like, Tim, Tim that's a really bad attitude on the podcast <laughs> lately. Tim, that. Yeah. It, you know, if the first thing that pops into your head that the, the first reason why you shouldn't scream at your wife is just the neighbors, then I don't know. I think you've got to uh, really reevaluate things. I don't think I don't think you heard the part where I said I have no desire to scream at my wife. I know, but I, well, like I said though, you've you've said in the past you don't want to, but you have to. How are you doing this week, Tom? This, uh, Tom, let me tell you, off to a bad start. Uh oh, looks like I'm going to be the next one getting screamed at. Uh, Tim, I'm doing good, uh, but uh, we'll see what the rest of the week holds because. A lot of rumblings in the UFO community that uh, some big stuff's going to happen this weekend. It might have already happened by the time you've heard this. Can I say right now I regret asking you how you're doing this week? Well, I mean, come next week, Tim, everything might be completely different. For everyone. Is this this your tactic to get to talk about what you want to talk about? You just make... Uh, wild accusations <laughs> about uh, lies it, about what what I the, the way I live my life. It's called showmanship, I... Tim. God, it's All called right, talking put, about the UFO, putting a little Tom. razzmatazz on things, making <laughs> making things that I'm abusive, that I'm verbally abusive to my wife, making things showmanship on your part. Fun. Um, so yeah, there's, uh, going to be a segment on 60 minutes, uh, this weekend about UFOs. And it sounds like they've talked to some pretty high level Pentagon people and some Who, Andy might... Rooney talked to him. <laughs> no, Andy Rooney's not in the Pentagon, Tim. I know you think that's where he went. Uh, I've tried to tell you otherwise, but <laughs> seemed like a it. smart guy. He seemed like he was real plugged <laughs> he in. He seemed like a smart guy, a guy that they'd want at the Pentagon making decisions. You know what? Andy Rooney didn't seem particularly smart. I don't no, know. Not at all. <laughs> the, how did they, why did they give him that job? Why at did they the give Pentagon? Him like a, I told you, he's not working at the Pentagon. 60 minutes, oh. Tom. Because it worked. You know, people just want to see an old man complain on television once a week. So that that's how he got his, uh, his job. 
But this has nothing to do with Andy Rooney, Tim. This is about uh, you know all the Mike uh, Wallace, all the disclosure that's been going on uh, around uh, the UFO phenomenon. Uh, the Michael Crichton book, yes. No, uh, people have been reading that book uh, quite a quite a bit. It's uh, what is that? So you're saying it's like a Pentagon book club where they're no, reading I'm, Michael Crichton's disclosure? I'm saying that they're, uh, you know, there there was stuff in the uh, one of these COVID relief bills where they had to, uh, I think by June or July, like disclose, uh, you know, what they know about. Uh, a lot of this stuff, but like, uh, I don't know. There's just like a lot of, I think what it is, is that they have no idea what's going on, that they're seeing right. this unidentified aerial phenomenon. That's what phenomena, that's what they call it now. It's not UFOs, it's UAPs. Uh, okay. and I think, you know, what's scarier than the government has been keeping everything from us and they knew what was going on all along then the what's scarier is the government coming out and being like, yep, yeah, we see these things too. We we have never been able to get close to one. We have no idea what it is. Your guess is as good as ours. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not that surprising that the government, I, I feel like it's it's been revealed, like, oh, it's, they're not as... Uh, yeah, competent. In charge as we thought they were of things. Well, and that's what, like, whenever there are these UFO conspiracies of, like, no, actually, we're part of an intergalactic federation, and there's thousands of people, uh, uh, you know, Americans in space right now working on our ships, and they keep it all a secret, and we have an agreement with the aliens and stuff. It's like, what? What about the U.S. government <laughs> has ever led you to believe that that they would be capable of this, especially of keeping it a secret? Yeah, but like, why do you even have to formulate an art? Like you, you're always like, and guess, get, get this, what this guy said that yeah. there's an intergalactic. It's like, yeah, it's, it's an idiot. That's a crazy person, Tom. Yeah, you don't well, have to. You don't have to like use logic to shut him down. You have to take, uh, you have to be open-minded with these things, Tim. So you have to. Uh, I, I don't think you do. You do. Because we don't know what these things are. Anything's possible. Maybe this guy's right. Maybe I'm the idiot. What do you, what do you. Well, Maybe him and no, the rest no, of the people no, in the Tom, Intergalactic Federation are laughing at me. Um, what do you hope this stuff is? Uh, I do don't you, know. Tom, you, mm -hmm. you're fascinated by UFOs and stuff. And yes. Um, I share that fascination to a degree, mm -hmm. but what do you like? Obviously, the you have a preferred like end game. The, do you want it to be nothing, or do you want there to be cool aliens? Um, well, I assume you don't want you don't want like uh, angry aliens right, coming there yeah. to destroy us. But like. I don't know, isn't it scary if we're if we're being visited by a higher life form than us though? Uh it's scary, but then there's also like a reassurance. I mean, I guess you encounter higher life forms than yourself, uh pretty much everyone that you encounter, right? Uh-huh. Higher intelligence. Mm -hmm. More charming. More are you charming. The, do you feel like the, the the aliens are gonna be more charming than us? If if they're charming, then we're screwed. They're gonna be, you know, baking us into pies or whatever before we know it. 
if a bunch uh, of Clooney's come down. Yeah. Um, no, I don't have any hopes for what I mean. I hope it's you know not something uh, uh, mean or whatever. But I don't have a like. Oh, it's you know creatures from another planet. I want creatures from another dimension. Like I don't really have any hopes along those lines. But would you prefer them be like, oh no, like if you were to believe mm-hmm. that's like, oh no, it's a weather balloon. Mm-hmm. Like, would you prefer it to just be a weather balloon or a misunderstanding, or would you prefer it to be aliens? No, yeah, I'd prefer it to be something uh, interesting like that. Hmm. Uh, I also think like increasingly, you know, especially like it's it's weird that all this is timed as like we've got this new rover on Mars because, uh, you know, it makes you think like, huh, if we send like rovers to other planets, wouldn't other civilizations probably do the same thing? And that's like kind of what I what I think this might be like. I always found it, we you know, uh, not super credible stories of like crash landings and like a bunch of bodies in the found and stuff. Cause it's like, eh, would they send people like, we don't do that. We're not like, well, let's finally go see what's on Mars for the first time. Load up the spacecraft. <laughs> Hopefully it, there's air we can breathe. I don't know. We've never checked. Right. Uh, but it makes sense that like, yeah, they could send some, you know, 10 foot by 10 foot, like, chrome orb that can defy the laws of physics as we understand them and uh yeah just shoot that across the galaxy maybe it takes you know a few decades to get here or whatever another interesting idea that people have discussed is uh because like now the now the thought is that whatever this is it's on earth and that it's been here for a really long time like living alongside of us, either in a different dimension or under the sea or something. Um, Mm -hmm. But people have been like, Oh, if they've been here this like whole time, yo, wouldn't it be cool if like when, you know, they came out and it was disclosed and everything. It was like, yeah, aliens we're here. We've been here for like, uh, you know, uh, millions of years or whatever. Yo, you guys want to see videos of dinosaurs? We got videos of dinosaurs. And yeah, but they're not gonna show us. Well, why wouldn't they show them to us? Because they're not gonna tell them. They're not gonna be. They'll friendly. put it up on pay per view. Sorry to burst your bubble. Put it up on pay per view. Make a little scratch for That's these aliens. True. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. That's what this is. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a money making endeavor. <laughs> Yeah. No, but if they had like, yeah, you know, we, we set up a UFO this one time just like over uh, ancient Rome and uh, like here's just, you know, some some footage you can just people watch in ancient Rome. And, you know, we're selling these. But what if they were like, we're selling them on DVD? It's like, well, kind of everything's streaming now, guys. I don't really have a DVD player hooked up. Would you buy a DVD if you could buy a? Uh, would you buy a DVD player if you could buy a purchase a DVD of dinosaurs? Of real dinosaurs? Yes, I would go through the trouble Tom, of buying a DVD. You player. could stream Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park Two, The Lost World, uh, the Jurassic World movies. Can I? What service are those on? No, you can rent them. 
No, I'm not going to rent them. <laughs> Come on. You're going to buy a DVD and a DVD player? That's going to, that's good. How much? Yeah, is, but then I can watch it as many stuff? times as I want. I bet they're special edition, like. Oh, they're oh, going to they put can... out the regular ones. And then after they're going to be like, oh, well, we do have these ones with bonus features. Yeah. And then you're uh, going to buy the same thing twice. Uh, you know, the, this one has a commentary track of uh, Schlendorf and Yachat. Uh, talking, you know, they're talking about about when they made this, and they've got a lot of interesting stories, a lot of behind the scenes. Um, I'm not interested in seeing ancient Rome. I don't, I don't need to see history. I don't really <laughs> do care about you history. You're not interested. You wouldn't be interested in seeing what what shit was like in a different time. Well, if people were like smaller and dirty. I don't, I don't think people were smaller and dirty. Yeah, they were. You're, you're thinking of hobbits. That's Those no. books aren't real. I've told you that. Tom, people hundreds of years ago uh-huh. were smaller than us. Yeah. And you don't want... Oh, and you you hate short people, so you don't want to see them? I'm a regular Randy Newman, man. Yeah. Well, they were smaller because like there wasn't as much stuff to eat. They didn't have uh, you know all the good stuff we have now. I'm not saying look like pop tarts I'm, I'm to saying, make people tall <laughs> and strong. I'm just saying I know I I know the gist of it. They uh-huh. didn't they didn't have very good uh, uh, hygiene hygi- hygienic habits, right? Well, it um, was hard for them. Yeah, I know you're telling me all the reasons why. Well, maybe that's you cool. could I sit down reasons. and watch this DVD. And, you know, you'd have a little more empathy for these people. You'd be able to understand them better. If I was like, hey, Tom, guess what? There's this, like, filthy dog standing on my corner. You better come and look at it. It's it's uh, it's sickly and, and gross. Wait, what are you, you talking about? Like, why, why do you want to see that? I don't want to see some dirty, sickly, short people walking around. Well, you wouldn't have to. It wouldn't be that. It would probably be, like, the height of Rome when everybody was, like, doing well. Walking, you know, going to different orgies and and feasts. Oh, I see. I see what you're. I know what DVDs you're looking for now. What? Oh, you've tipped your hand. No, in, that's sir. not. That's not what I would. I don't think they did that in open air where you could, you know, get a good view of it from a UFO. You don't think they? Yeah, could maybe look, they did. They probably. Yeah. They probably went into the the old Parthenon once in a while to to mm-hmm. get down, get down and dirty. As as you so uh, eloquently put it, you call them I mean, all dirt bags. Dirty, Tom. I mean, they're always dirty, Tom. I'm sorry, they didn't <laughs> clean themselves. According up. to Tim, ancient Romans were little dirt bags, and no DVD will change his mind. All right, Tom, it's time to it's time to freaking rock. Whoa. Yeah, Tom. Please don't use the F rock? word on the sh- on the show, Tim. We're a couple of rockers. Oh, I, I, I'm a rocker. Would you consider yourself you a rocker? You will just never give me any kind of uh, uh, credit. You won't even say like, "Yeah, you're a rocker. You like rock and roll music." You're like, "Oh, I don't know. Maybe you like uh, Chopin." Tom, I, first of all, I know you don't like Chopin. Um, <laughs> Second of all, just because you like rock, that doesn't make you a rocker. Uh, That's what, the most offensive what, thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> what what make what makes somebody a rocker in your book? Then you gotta rock. <laughs> 
All right. <laughs> you don't like rock. You, I mean, you should like it if you're going to yeah. do it. Oh, you should like it, but it's not a prerequisite. You can be a some rocker, people, but not like rock. Yeah, some people are just they can't help with it. The gift of of rocking. Yeah, like Gigi Allen. Like, yeah, he couldn't help but rock. He couldn't help but rock. I don't know if he he didn't. Who didn't like to rock? Hmm. Musicians that didn't like to rock. Yeah, I feel like uh, Van Morrison didn't like to rock. But did Van Morrison rock? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, a... I know you're a big fan of his m- most recent work. <laughs> no, he's one of those people that I, I like, no matter how many times I hear like, oh, he's on tour. I'm never not shocked that he's like alive still. Yeah. You curmudgeonly piece of garbage. Yeah. I don't like people who are just like, uh, they're like, this guy's a genius, but he's a real piece of shit. Yeah. So it's just like, all right, sure. Like, I, I like the Velvet Underground, but people mm-hmm. like are like, Lou Reed, man, he didn't, he was just rude and <laughs> shitty to everybody all the time. That's fucking cool. It's like, that guy sucks. Screw that guy. Yeah. Lou Reed sucks. And take it from me, a real rocker. Well, I can you, tell you. You would know better than, uh, than anybody. Yeah. I'm the original rocker. So anyway, we're talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Tom, which mm-hmm. is the coolest, most rockinest thing on earth. Tom, I notice you're distracted. Do you have uh, AirPod issues? Yeah, I was having AirPod issues for a second, but I was listening to every word. You you said you hate Lou Reed. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you fall on Lou Reed? Do you think he was cool because he was mean? No, I think he sounds like he was a real dick all the time. Yeah. People I, like that. Yeah, I don't know. I've never, I think like, you know, uh, obviously everybody talks about like all this cancel culture stuff all the time, but um, that I do like the fact that like as a society, we're like, you know what? I don't care how good you are. Don't be a dick. <laughs> like... Just don't like, yeah, your stuff, like people will still listen to it, but like, eh, it will hurt, you know, it'll hurt your reputation. Whereas like, uh, you know, if somebody's like a nice guy, then it's like, oh, after that person dies, people just enjoy their stuff even more. And then you hear stories about like, hey, you know what kind of a nice guy this guy was? You don't even have to be a nice guy. Just don't be like, I mean, people like Lou Reed seem like they went out of their way to be dicks. Yeah. And guess what? People think that's part of the rock and roll lifestyle. That's not. All yeah. right? You know what? Courteousness <laughs> yeah. is uh Hey, take it from two old rockers rock. like us. Nothing rocks yeah. harder than well, being courteous. One rocker and one guy that claims to be a rocker, but we'll <laughs> see. Um, This week we're talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Tom. Mm-hmm. The coolest place where all the coolest rockers are. Um. Do you know who's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Tom? At the current moment? All right. So there are, I think, 300 and something, 317 acts in mm-hmm. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay. How many, like, I took, like, a Sporkle uh, quiz where they just, I like, beg your pardon? Just, like, do you know Sporkle, Tom? No, I don't know Sporkle. It's a website like, with a lot of quizzes on it. Oh, okay. Um, and it was just like, all right, 
you got like 10 minutes, uh, write as many of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame guys, and we'll tell you. And then you send it into them with a self-addressed stamped 351 envelope. inductees. No, uh, the, it's it's on the internet, Tom. It's it's wonderful. It's all like live in real time. Yeah, if well, you get something how much right, is it going to cost me? Tom, the, something's, something's up over there. Something's going haywire. It's all free. Well, how can they afford to pay the people grading these tests? I don't, I don't know, Tom. I volunteers, think it might be. maybe. It's either uh, it's volunteers. I think it's um, uh, the, the computers. There's computers well, no, involved they somehow. Can. They, yeah. they, how, what does a computer know about rock and roll, Tim? So, I'm I'm feeling it out. I got like the Beatles, the mm. Rolling Stones, and I was like, hmm. <laughs> Like, ah, Led Zeppelin. The rest and is like, anybody's guess. It really like you run out real, real quickly. There's, there's less uh, off the topic because then like you're like, oh right, the Yardbirds and <laughs> Buffalo Springfield. And it's yeah, like, yeah, I get it. But like, look, if we were putting in the bands, mm-hmm. like that, like. In the 80s, they started putting in like, oh, every band from the 60s gets in. Yeah. Like, if we were still following that, it'd be like, 2021, the Toadies and Eve Six are getting in. (laughs) Right. Please welcome to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Lit. Hey, those guys rock. Um, They rocked out on Pamela Anderson Lee's podcast. uh, giant body oh that is true i forgot about that yeah nothing mm-hmm. it, what could rock more than that yeah what playboy like, playmates tom? who set up the rock and roll hall of fame who started all this tom what year do you think they started it well you said the 80s right yeah 83 oh they, wow okay. they That's started the they didn't uh, start inducting people until 1986, so I don't know what they were doing because <laughs> they started it in 1983. <laughs> they just started they, making a big long list. We got to think of every band. They didn't start inducting people till 86, and they didn't even have a Hall of Fame, like a physical like place, a building until yeah. 1995. Right. So, like, I mean, what are they doing from 1983 to 1986? Fundraising. Maybe for what? For a building that the they're going to build in yeah. twelve years? Well, I, I, it probably took them a long time to raise that money. They probably thought they were going to do it quicker than that. Yeah. Well, Tom, who started it? Um, the most rock and roll guys ever. Some record executives and <laughs> lawyers. Whoa. Yeah. These. It sounds like these guys really know how to rock. Seems like these guys were like, let's try to make these guys relevant again so we can sell more records of yeah, theirs. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and also, uh, and also, th- I think they like put entertainment lawyers in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, too. It's like, <laughs> well, cool. well, yeah. yeah. What could be more rocking than that? Well, it's like, uh, you know, when you're watching like the Oscars and they're doing the in memoriam. And then it's like, you know, a bunch of like agents and managers and lawyers and stuff in there. And it's like, I get it. They're part of the industry, too. But like, I'm sitting at home. I don't know who the hell this is. You don't tell me about him. Yeah. Keep it to yourselves, Hollywood. Keep a few secrets. Yeah. Let everybody Um, think nobody can die in Hollywood. How about that? What if what if one year they they were like, guess what? No in memoriam this year. We figured it out. 
everybody's just alive everyone who works in the well they always have like in the oscars they always have uh like those scientology ads that would be a good ad for them to buy they were like what if next they buy an ad right after the in memoriam section they're like what if next year there was no in memoriam but this would require scientology pivoting to claiming that they've cured death they they have claimed that that like then, you know you you get reborn in a different body or whatever. Oh, but then you're still gonna like Tom Cruise is gonna be on the in memoriam next year after his head <laughs> explodes in space, right? Yeah, after he's inevitably killed in one of these Mission Impossible movies he's currently making. Do you think um, Scientology is like? A little pissed at, at Tom Cruise for attempting to kill himself on, car- <laughs> on camera. Do you think they're like, dude, we kind of need you alive. You're, no, you're integral because, to the whole thing here. Because they point to the fact that he hasn't died. It's like, look at what Scientology can do. Yeah, but he's going to die one of these times, Tom. Yeah, but I think they believe, you know, their their own line of bullshit. <laughs> we're going to have we're going to have footage of him like getting sucked into a jet engine. Yeah, or getting chopped up by helicopter blades or something. Yeah. Um Yeah, I don't I I I I don't think that they think it's possible. I think the true believers are like, nope. Tom Cruise is always going to live because he's so good at Scientology and he can wow. keep risking his life. And that's a great ad for uh, Scientology. It just occurred to me that like when he had that uh, like secretly recorded meltdown about people like. COVID uh, protocol. Yeah. COVID like people standing too close or not wearing masks. That alongside, you know, his like, you're going to get this movie shut down. And if I'm not making a movie, I go home and just stand in a corner and I don't know what to do with myself. Um, I wonder if he was also like, I'll be goddamned if I'm going to be killed by COVID on the set of a Mission Impossible movie and my entire life will be a punchline. <laughs> Yeah, no, I should die by uh, smashing into, like, smashing a motorcycle that's going 120 miles Into the miles Grand Canyon. Into, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, another guy that was uh, instrumental in, in starting the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, or I just call it the Hall, Tom. Nice. Another guy integral in the Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Jan Wenner. Do you know this guy? No. He's the publisher of Rolling Stone. Oh, okay. He's he's a the, he's a real doof. Um, <laughs> well, it makes sense though that like, like the publisher of Rolling Stone would be involved in the Rock yeah. and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, since that like he he famously like uh, fired a Rolling Stone critic. I forget who. One of those Chicago guys. For giving Hootie and the Blowfish album a, a bad review, <laughs> he's like, "You'll never write for Rolling Stone again." This is the most important album of a generation, you fool. Yeah, um, and there's also been a lot of controversy around Jan Winner um, because uh, a lot of people have accused him of uh, lobbying to keep acts out of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that he has like a, a, a personal vendetta against. Mm. You want to know who the most notable act oh, is? Oh, yeah, sure. 
Peter Tork accused him of keeping the monkeys out of the, the Rock and Roll Hall <laughs> of Fame because he's mad that the well, monkeys didn't play yeah. their own instruments on the first two albums. But Tom, the monkeys got really good after that. Well, I was going to say, first off, it's a travesty that the monkeys aren't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But yeah, it is like such a wild thing that the monkeys, you know, were just like a put together group. And then they were like, no, fuck this. We're going to be a real band. Yeah. I mean, like, how hard is it to like be in a to, to be a real rock band? I don't like, know. Neither get, like... neither of us have been in the monkeys and and not for lack of trying. <laughs> Tom, you've been trying to weasel your way into the monkeys for for. Nigh on 20 years. One of these days, it's going to work. That's why you killed Davy Jones, right? I don't I don't even know what... I don't even know how Davy Jones died. How did he die? Is, is Davy Jones dead? I'm pretty sure Davy Jones is dead. Yeah. I think a bunch of people were real upset about Davy Jones dying. Yeah. With good reason. He was in the monkeys. That's the reason he died? No, people were upset. They okay, that he died because I was because I could see if like somebody died in the monkeys because they were in the monkeys, then that's a pretty good reason to keep them out of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I feel like after 1995, uh, Davy Jones was just walking around in like a solid colored crew neck sweatshirt. That was his look. <laughs> Maybe sometimes <laughs> right. he'd wear like a painter's cap. You know what, Tim? <laughs> If that's what you say, I'm I'm gonna have to agree with you because I don't remember what Davy Jones dressed like in the mid '90s. Unfortunately, and you wonder why you never got into the monkeys, Tom. <laughs> you know what? You're right. You gotta know these. Maybe, things. maybe I wasted my my life trying to get into the monkeys because if that's if that's what it would have taken, then forget it. This week's episode is brought to you by Saqqara. Looking to change your diet? Here's a radical idea. What if, instead of imposing restrictions and limits, you nourished your body and gave it more of what it really needs? Saqqara believes in giving you more of what's good for you. Saqqara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. You are what you eat, Tim. Have you ever heard that uh, turn of phrase i i haven't but now that they I'm didn't come up with I'm, it I'm, but it's true i'm processing it for the first time and it it makes sense it's very clever tim very very clever sakara tim uh they make uh organic ready meals that they're made with powerful plant-based ingredients and are designed to boost your energy improve your digestion and get your skin glowing the menu of creative chef-crafted ready breakfasts, lunch, and dinners changes weekly, so you'll never get bored, and it's delivered fresh to your door anywhere in the U.S. Along with delicious plant-rich meals, Sakara also offers daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. Experience the transformative power of plants with their best-selling metabolism super powder. Made with, raw, with organic raw cacao... It works to boost energy, eliminate bloating, minimize sugar cravings, and reduce fatigue. Tim, I finally got some of this. They sent it to me, and I mm -hmm. tried it for the first time today. Uh, two things. It tasted a lot better than I was expecting uh, because of the uh, the cacao in there. It tasted mm -hmm. delicious. tasted like chocolate. 
Uh, and I did feel it minimized my sugar cravings. Maybe, you know, I, yeah. and look, I always want sugar and this, I don't know, this did take care of it. You know, at least for the time being, I was actually uh, pretty impressed. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash guide and enter guide 20 at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash guide to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash guide and enter code guide 20. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What interferes with your happiness? Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? Look, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Connect in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient, and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. Tom, I know what you're thinking. What? And guess what? You're wrong. It's not a crisis line. No, it's I, not knew cell phone. I knew that from the previous ads, Tim. It is professional counseling done securely online. You can send a message to your counselor at any time, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. And you can do this all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. Yeah. Stupid. Hey, uh, sit in this room and wait for yeah. uh, hey, uh, till we're ready for forms. you. Yeah, stop it. Enough with that. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. The service is available for clients worldwide, Tom, Mm -hmm. all around this beautiful globe of ours. You can find the particular expertise you need online, so you don't have to limit yourself to the counselors located near you. Licensed professional counselors uh, who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. And Tom, let me tell you, anything Mm -hmm. you share with them is confidential. So it's convenient, it's professional, it's affordable. Look, so many people have been using this thing that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 U.S. states. Wow. From Ke- from the New York Island to the Gulf Stream waters, Tom. Wow. Is that uh, there at copy or are you, uh, you adding something in there? A little, uh, a little you know, flair. A little flair. Yeah. Look, we want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash guide. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash guide. Small businesses have always shown an incredible ability to adapt, innovate, and survive, even more so this past year. Now, another way you can adapt and grow is by finding the right people to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs helps you do that for free. Tim, you think about it, LinkedIn, who doesn't have a LinkedIn account? If you're looking to hire people, that's where a lot of people are. Anybody. It's where the action is, in my opinion. It's definitely where the action is. LinkedIn is an active community of professionals with more than 30 million members in the UK. Getting started is easy, and their new features can help help you find qualified candidates quickly. 
Post a job with targeted screening questions, and they'll quickly get your role in front of qualified candidates. Match job posts and contact candidates from a single view on the familiar LinkedIn.com as functions are streamlined into one simple screen. See, that's what we were talking about, Tim. You're probably already on LinkedIn, so you might as well, if you're looking to hire, post on there. Let's do it. You know it. It's it's familiar. People like familiarity. And now you can do this all from your mobile device, no matter where the day takes you. That's how LinkedIn Jobs can help you hire the right person faster. When your business is ready to make that next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn Jobs. And now you can post a job for free. Just visit linkedin.com slash guide. Again, that's linkedin.com slash guide to post a job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Tom, when you think of rock and roll, what city do you think of? Cleveland. Detroit Rock City? Oh. Cleveland, baby. The rockin'est state in the world. Cleveland's the, well, not a state. No, Ohio. Yes. Yeah. Cleveland's a city, you see. Yeah, I, I know, Tom. I was. I, was I learned that from sentence. some of the higher life forms that I have uh, gleaned a <laughs> few nuggets from. <laughs> when, when I can understand what they're saying, so they they were like uh, trying to figure out where where they're going to put this, and they're like, should we put it in a like big city like New York or Los Angeles or Chicago or like a city that has ties to to rock and roll music like Detroit? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, well, Cleveland said they'd give us sixty five million dollars worth of taxpayer funds to build our building. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm sure it was just whoever gave, they would have built it in Antarctica if they uh, got the uh, the tax breaks. Yeah, and Tom, I'm I'm a I'm a rocker myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like I like uh, a, a hall uh, serving as a, a shrine to rock. Mm-hmm. Sixty-five million dollars, Tom. That's ridiculous. It's a lot of money for a building in in Cleveland. Yeah. I can't imagine very many buildings in Cleveland cost sixty-five million dollars to build. Uh, it was designed by I M Pay. Who's that? It's an architect. Oh, that well, that makes sense. I guess that mm-hmm. that's probably where the money went. They hired an architect to do it. Yeah. No, they, this guy was. You a, can save from a lot. I understand of, a real deal. You can save a lot of money doing it yourself, but you know, I'm sure all these uh, lawyers and record executives were like, "Look, I'm too busy with my day job. We're gonna have to hire yeah. an architect to." They're to probably like, I could, this I out. could, I could build it. I do have some blueprints done, but we should probably bring somebody else in to finish them up. Um, so that opened in 1995. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they opened an annex. Do you remember this? In, in 2008, mm-hmm. in New York City, in Soho. Do you remember I do this remember this vaguely, yeah. It, it lasted a year because nobody wanted to go to it because it seemed like it sucked. But Jan Wenner said... He was sad that they didn't do it in New York City in the first place, and that set off a shitstorm of controversy. Well, yeah, well, why would you even say that? Because he's controversial, Tom. Yeah, he's well, cool. It, it certainly sounds like it. I bet. He was wearing a leather jacket when he said it. <laughs> well, then, well, you know, it's like, oh, I wish we had built it in New York City. Well, then you should have, asshole. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you were in charge. Yeah, say 
you couldn't afford it, so you built it in Cleveland. But you could have gotten, I don't know, try and get more money. Yeah, sorry, you wound up in Ohio. Yeah, but don't don't be all sour grapes about it now. Yeah, and don't um, don't put a dumb annex in New York City and be like, "Here, it's the same thing." Yeah, it just had like stupid stuff in it too. You know, it's on display in the in the Cleveland uh, Hall of Fame and Museum. Well, you know what? I actually don't have like a great uh, idea of exactly what's on display. It's like. I know it's like yeah, instruments and like like, you know, clothes people wore. Um. Well, do you know the the rock and roll DJ? Specifics, I don't know. Do you know the rock and roll DJ Alan Freed? No. He was he he was from Cleveland, and that's kind of the like he was instrumental in getting it there. He's like, Mm. I was one of the first rock and roll DJs. I'm sure he said he was the first rock and roll DJ, and it's like. Mm. Uh, perhaps you've heard of the Big Bopper or Wolfman Jack. <laughs> I was going to say Wolfman Jack. Yeah, what did Wolfman Jack have to say about um, this? But he was like, he was, you know, lobbying for it. And I think that was the excuse that they used. They were like, oh, it's, it's not his fault. Millions of dollars of, of taxpayer funds. It's the fact that DJ Alan Freed was right. from. Uh, uh, and we were going to build it in New York City, but Alan Freed said, no way, Jose. You got to build yeah. this in Cleveland. And My we had no choice. Kidding. Well, anyway, Tom, you can go and see his ashes, which are on display in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum. Can I see the actual ashes or just an urn? Because um, I'll go to Cleveland if it's like, hey, check it out. We just scattered a bunch of ashes behind a display. It's in an urn. In in but, those urns. But, like but the urn's easy to topple like, over. Yeah, I mean, probably. But there's like bones in there and stuff, right? Yeah, when you cremate somebody, like, you don't get everything. Think about like, uh, you know, anytime you've made like a campfire. Where like one and burned something, it burned a person in it. No, just like burned wood. But like when it's done, you're like, oh, look at that. Yeah, a little bit of the wood. Like even though it was right in the middle of that fire, it just didn't burn completely. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's a little hotter than a campfire. Uh, depends on the way you make the campfire. You well, really and also like a to, human, a you human, build a big campfire. Campfire. That burns brightly for about 45 seconds and you use all the wood. Every time I've been camping with you, you're just like, we need to build this up. And everybody's like, no, stop. That's all of our wood. Yeah, but then everybody's like, you know what, Tom, that was a real good time. Now I have memories of that big bonfire. Um, Well, I mean, burning wood is also a lot easier than burning a human body. Right. Um, also on display at uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Museum in Cleveland, a piece of uh, a charred piece of Otis Redding's airplane that crashed and he died in. That's fucked up. <laughs> like, yeah. like that's not a piece of rock and roll history. I mean, it, 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 it is. It technically is, I guess. But it's like, I don't know that that air was. Did he own that uh, plane? Um, he might have. Yeah. But I mean, even still, like, I don't know, put other stuff if it's in there. Don't just put in, like, 
you know, if he had died in a car crash, would they have been like, here's part of the, here's the bumper from the Ford he was in when he died? Yeah. Would you go and see the outfit that he died in? Um, I, I, I mean, I assume if it was on display, it wouldn't be too gruesome. Well, it would be on a mannequin of his like <laughs> gnarled body. No, I wouldn't. I, you know what, Tim? I wouldn't be interested in seeing that again. I don't think that has much to do with rock and roll. I know, well, that sounds pretty rock and roll, actually, Tom. <laughs> um, but you do want to see ashes and bone fragments scattered on the floor. <laughs> yeah, it's a little more tasteful. Yeah, not um, on the floor. It can be behind glass. <clears throat> All right, Tom. Uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is in the news right now, um, because some some new inductees were just announced. Yeah, every every year they induct new people, and you have to have been rocking for at least twenty five years, right? Here is the yeah, it's uh twenty six years after the release of your first record, you are eligible. Okay, does it have to be uh like an album, or can it be a single? It can be a single, it can be an EP. What about a SoundCloud? Um, I don't know. Well, I guess you we haven't what? gotten there yet. Yeah, and they're never going Yeah, exactly. Uh, when did SoundCloud start? Not 25 years ago. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out. Obviously not 25 years. But they're ago, but they're, you know, we're coming up on probably some people where it's like my first release was uh leaked to Napster. Hmm. And now is that gonna count? Probably not. Yeah, probably also, not. Also, like, what was what was what debut albums were leaked? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure there were some, but yeah, I'm you sure. Name one notable one. I'm sure it's just like, yeah, you know what? That's a technicality. Just wait till next year, <laughs> then you'll be eligible for real. Tom, there's uh, there's uh, two first ballot inductees this year. Hmm. Can and that means it was the first time they were eligible, mm-hmm. and they were just an automatic in, right? According to the 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 who votes on this, the previous members and a bunch of like industry fucks. Okay, uh, well, I know one of them was Foo Fighters that this was the first yep. year they were eligible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. People who- are complaining, like, are they really? It's like. They're as good as the most band. Like, I'm not saying that they're 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 better than the friggin' Yardbirds. Come on. <laughs> well, yeah, and like they are one of the few, like, you know, pure rock and roll bands, like still putting out albums. I think. Right. You know, I mean, and, uh, you know, that's part of what makes them so boring, <laughs> but, they, but they are at least still doing that. Yeah. And like, I don't know, they had two good albums and mm-hmm. look, all of, we, we all know this is all <laughs> politicking and this is oh, like, yeah, yeah. Dionne Warwick uh, started that Twitter account where she hires people to be sassy on her behalf and, <laughs> um, you know. To it was it was like politicking to get into the because she was nominated she didn't okay. make it in mm-hmm. but like this is what people do they 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 campaign for this stuff just like they do for like Oscar uh, wins right and stuff. It, it's not necessarily like all right everybody just vote on what's best it's like no vote yeah. on like 
who's been good to you, who's like made you promises in the future, who's made you money, who stands to make you more money. Yeah, and Dave Grohl is friends with like Paul McCartney. He brings like uh, Brian Johnson from ACDC out in concerts to sing songs. Yeah. Um, he does every single benefit, like uh, the concert. He'll do any friggin' music documentary. I was going to say, he'll be in any music documentary. You ask him, he'll come in and he, he could have never even heard about who, who it is, but he'll have some stories. Yeah, and and he's always charming and funny when he tells yeah. these stories. And uh, people are like... Well, how dare they uh, honor his band for for this industry thing? Like, no shit. He's 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 uh, he's, he's charmed he's, everyone in the industry. Yeah, I mean, he's a he is a uh, politician of the rock and roll world of just yeah. like has has worked tirelessly to make as many people like him as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and it's the same thing with the baseball hall of fame that it's all political. It's all like, you know, well, I'm not, this, this person might be one of the best, uh, you know, players that's ever played the game, but one time they, you know, were an asshole to me at a party. So I'm never voting for them. Yeah. Right. The people voting are people still. Uh, but to answer your question, Tim, I don't know who the other one was. The other, uh, inductee. Um. The first I know time because you don't think what this artist does is music. <laughs> um, you say um, rap music, more like crap. <laughs> oh, music. It, it's Jay Z. It's Jay Z. Yeah. Now I read something though that they said like he, you know, I get uh, because of the ballots, like he was actually in like last place, but he still got inducted. Why do you have to take it away from him? Who no, cares? No, no, I'm saying I don't I don't know what that means and I don't is it something I, where it sounds it's like, to me like you're trying to smear a man cuz you don't uh you don't care for his genre of music. No, I'm saying I'm I'm asking all joking aside Tim that Tom, I'm dead serious. <laughs> that it sounds to me like, you know, the the people that get to vote are probably like a bunch of old fuddy-duddies. But then they're voting maybe, this is why I'm asking, like, does it only count so much? But then, like, the people at the top are like, no, of course Jay-Z gets in. Look at how many albums he sold. Look how influential he is. I think I think you might be uh, maybe mixing him up with the other hip-hop uh, inductee this year, LL Cool J, who did not get in on a normal ballot. Well, no. He be- got in as... Uh, as the Musical Excellence Award. Yeah, and they said he had um, been up for it like six times. Yeah, and uh, with him, it's like uh, he's so influential and was so early on yeah. that they feel like uh, a lot of voters and a lot of uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame pundits, Tom, <laughs> believe that him not being in there is holding back People who are like influenced by him from getting in because it's like, well, we can't vote them in until we get LL Cool J in there. So they just like circumvent this where this is where like they also, uh, but he got inducted Billy Preston and Randy Rhodes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not people voting, they weren't like like, nominated, but it's it's just like a committee was like, they should be honorable mention type thing. 
it's a musical excellence award, but they all it all goes into the same pipe. Tom. All right. Well, yeah, but it still feels like you want. I don't know. You want to be voted in. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure L- uh, LL doesn't feel great about like cool. I was nominated six times, and then finally they were like, "We're gonna get you in on a technicality." <laughs> um, Tom. It's funny you say that because a mm-hmm. lot of people or some some acts mm-hmm. don't necessarily want to be voted in. They want to uh, get in on that on a technicality. No, they don't want to be in at all, Tom. Uh-huh. Can you think of the coolest band in the world mm-hmm. that would get inducted mm-hmm. but reject the nomination and write a really scathing letter about it? Was it Oasis? Nope. They uh, would take that in a second. They would uh, love that. Morrissey? The Sex Pistols, baby. They're oh, dangerous. Oh. Yeah. They wrote, I think it was like 2006 they got in, and uh-huh. uh, they wrote a, uh, an open letter, and they said, next to the Sex Pistols, rock and roll in that Hall of Fame is a piss stain, which is <laughs> actually pretty good. I like that. <laughs> um, and then they also wrote, we're not coming and we're not your monkeys. And it's like, nobody really cares about the Sex Pistols. Yeah. It was like, all right, this is going to be a chance for you to like, I don't know, get some publicity for your next tour if you don't want to. I mean, that's the thing too. Like they were still inducted though, right? Yeah. They yeah. read that letter and it was all like, you know, they, and they were like, oh, I can't believe uh, they wrote that letter about, read that letter about how they're piss. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's, that's a great, that, yeah, that's the best way to kind of disarm that kind of response of like, oh, yeah, we'll read your letter. Like, but that's what everybody wanted out of it. That's what the the Sex Pistols yeah. thought. They looked dangerous, even though yeah. it was 2006, and that's the lamest thing. <laughs> and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is like, this is a true punk rock moment, and we're playing into it. Yeah. Look, it's cool. What I'm saying is it's cool, Tom. It's well, very, very cool. What I'm saying is, you know, the idea of like, we're not going to be your monkeys. It's like, well, I, I don't know. That doesn't seem like they were asking to be their monkeys. They were just going to give you a bunch of free publicity. And like Johnny yeah. Rotten's doing uh, like commercials or whatever for nonsense. Like, I don't know. He, they, they long ago lost their... Uh, they're punk they like to stand they on. Were never cool. Um, Axl Rose, Tom. Also, mm-hmm. when Guns N' Roses got in. Oh, I do remember that. He said, vaguely. "I strongly request." He like had a lawyer write a statement. I strongly mm-hmm. request that I not be inducted in absentia, and please know that no one is authorized, nor may anyone be permitted to accept any induction for me or speak on my behalf. Neither former members, label representatives, nor the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame should imply, whether directly, indirectly, or by omission, <laughs> that I am included in any purported induction of Guns N' Roses. That's cool. How would they do it by omission? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, it, I, the Axl I, Rose I, is cool. Like that's a that's a cool way of doing. It. Yeah, yeah, I agree that even though it seems counter. It's cooler to send like a lawyer written letter than a like, oi, fuck you, mate. Where it's like, no, nah, you still like sat down and did this. Where it's like Axel Rose told somebody like, no, nah, fuck them. Write a letter and, you know, on, on legal stationery about this that all threatened to sue. Do you think 
Axel Rose was like, hmm, maybe we should send this lawyerly statement and then maybe I should try to sue because this would be a nice way to get some maybe. cash. I'd like to sue the Rock I mean, and Roll Hall of Fame. I'd you like could, some of that Tim. No, nothing's stopping you. I mean, I aside from not really on the having ashes of Alan Freed. <laughs> yeah. You didn't cremate these ashes well enough and they weren't in an urn. And yeah. as a result, I'm in this neck brace. Exactly. Uh, was Axl Rose's whole thing just that, like, he hates the music industry? I think it was... I don't know what his whole thing yeah. is. He's cool these days, though. I like him. Everybody made fun of him because he got uh, the work done. Who cares? Oh, He's yeah. stay as beautiful as he ever was, and he succeeded. Well, I think the, the thing with him, too, was, like, he put on weight and got older, which is a normal thing to do, but he yeah. had been out of the public eye for so long. That, you know, to some people it was shocking. Yeah. Um, but no, he's like, a, it sounds like he's a relatively cool dude nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, who's not a cool dude uh, <laughs> these days or in the past, probably any day of his life. Uh, famous beach boy villain, Mike Love. <laughs> well, when you say famous beach boy villain, it sounds like he was plotting against the beach boys. I mean, in a way. You would would call the Joker a famous Batman villain. Yeah, because he's a a villain that appeared in Batman comics. Right. Mike Love is a a (laughs) villain that appeared appeared. in Beach Boy comics. (laughs) In Beach Boy's albums. Um, Why does Mike Love not want to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? No, he wanted to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, okay, yeah. Switching gears. But he he wanted to be alone, not with the Beach Boys? No, he just did. All right, so the Beach Boys were inducted, I think, in 1988. So, okay. like, early on, I think third class, yeah, yeah, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brian Wilson was just out of like. Remember, he was under the spell of that like evil psychiatrist <laughs> who like uh, <laughs> you know gave him all these drugs and controlled yeah, yeah. him for a while. So you gotta be careful at, of that. Landry was that his name? Doctor, whatever. The, mm-hmm. And he was just out from under the spell and like recovering from addiction and like yeah. and like you yeah, know going through a Brian hard time. Wilson has never been you know the same, and so he he was reading this heartfelt speech, but like very newly like reintegrating into to polite society, <laughs> right? And like reading probably and, reading uh, it very robotically, exactly. But like mm. this really heartfelt and like he was the freaking Beach Boys, and then. uh Mike Love is like pacing around <laughs> impatiently behind him, and every once in a while, like grabs uh, the microphone to like make a quip, and mm. nobody likes it when he does that. And Brian Wilson just looks confused. Um, and then when Brian Wilson's done, Mike Love steps up to the mic because, of course, everyone wants to hear yeah, from him. Yeah, he have a, he have his hat on. Yeah, he had a Beach Boys hat on. <laughs> cool. And uh, he was pissed, apparently, because Paul McCartney, the Beatles were getting in, mm-hmm. and Paul McCartney didn't show up mm-hmm. because he w- he and Yoko Ono were suing oh, each other yeah. over some shit, yeah. And uh, Mike Love made this angry, drunken speech, just ripping everybody apart. He, he said, the Beach Boys did about 180 performances last year. I'd like to see the mop tops match that. The Beatles <laughs> broke up 18 years earlier, and one of them's dead. <laughs> yeah. 
Did he expect uh, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, and George Harrison to be like, ooh, you just threw down the gauntlet, pal. That's it. The Beatles are reunited because Mike Love called us out. <laughs> and these 180 performances were at, like, county fairs and, like, yeah. uh, d- d- small town summer concert series. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure uh, Paul McCartney had probably done around that number of appear- appearances. Yeah. You know, sold out arenas that year as well. I'd like to see Mick Jagger get out on this stage and do and I Ringo, Get Around. Ringo toured relentlessly for a long yeah, time. We'll, we'll get yeah. to Ringo in a second. <laughs> he also said, I'd like to see Mick Jagger get out on this stage and do I Get Around versus Jumpin' Jack Flash any day now. What? I don't know what that means. Um. And I'd like to see some people kick out the jams, and I challenge the boss to get up, sta- get on stage and jam. I, and everybody was kind of like, "What's his, why is he so angry at everybody? What's happening? Well, and also, like, you know, this is the late 90s, and you're, like, challenging Mick Jagger and Bruce Springsteen. Like, I bet you can't even perform anymore, where it's like, it these was, people are bigger than they've ever been. It was the late 80s. Yeah, they were yeah. in their... They were in their um, I want to see Billy Joel see oh, if he can still. Oh, this is the late t- '80s, not the late '90s. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, then yeah, even more. He said, "I want to see Billy Joel see if he can still tickle Ivories." Yeah, he was. He it's was, 1988. It was, yeah. it was. It was Joel mania. Yeah, every album had sold exponentially more than the last. <laughs> Meanwhile, what did the the Beach Boys are the only act out of that that like weren't putting out new work? Yeah, Kokomo came oh, out a couple of years well, earlier. Yeah, I guess. I know Mick Jagger won't be here tonight. He's gonna have to stay in England. But I'd like to see us in the Coliseum and he at Wembley Stadium because he's always been chicken shit to get on stage with the Beach Boys. Why? What? Under what circumstances has he even had the opportunity to get on? He comes and sees so many of our shows. And when I call him out from the crowd, he 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 gets so nervous. And he says, no, I can't do it, mate. I can't do it. I can't get up there. And Mick Jagger was at the was at that ceremony when oh, Mike really? Love was like, he eats two chicken shit, he's staying in England. Man. He's like probably in the second row. I would love to just be a fly on the wall for like a conversation between Mike Love and Mick Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if it was just like these two it's just gonna be the two of them. They're gonna talk for ten minutes, you get to listen. Nobody else is there nobody's gonna be able to save Mick Jagger, like come over and be like, Oh, they're you know, the uh, the president's on the phone for you or whatever. Like, nope, he's just got to sit there and listen to Mike Love and, and answer his accusations and questions. You know, Mike Love and freaking Johnny Rotten mm-hmm. uh, in their uh, their MAGA hats uh, they should, they probably should, have a lot to say to each other in 2021. Yeah, they should start their own uh, traveling Wilburys-esque supergroup. Could also get Van Morrison in there, and you can get Morrison. Ted Nugent. Yeah, yeah. Look at this. A- I I would I would uh, uh, stay in line overnight at Ticketmaster to get tickets to see this. You don't group, have to do that anymore. The super Doug. group. Well, I would insist on doing it. Um, 
they always find the 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 ways to induct the same people multiple times. Like all the Beatles are in twice. Yeah. So well, and I I saw Tina Turner where I was like, Tina Turner wasn't in already, but she was, but with Ike. Yeah, the man who abused her for yeah, which is. But then it's absurd that she wasn't in sooner, especially because, you know, she had a ton of freaking hits uh, after him. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's it's long overdue. Um, Yeah. But uh, so they Pat Benatar is not in and that's fucked up. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. How long Um, has she been eligible? Since I don't know the uh, two thousand, you know. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Freaking. There's one person who's in it three times. Who's that? Slowhand himself. The free. It's uh, part of the freaking Yardbirds. And it's part Cream. Of cream, and, and then him. Solo, Tears in Heaven, baby. How do you yeah. deny that? Why? Yeah. Why three times? Eric Clapton. I mean, Did I say his name? Yeah, <laughs> you didn't say his name. I mean, I guess it makes sense. But Pat again, Benatar's the Yardbirds shouldn't be in there. <laughs> a shit about the Yardbirds. We're like, I get it. Cream has to be in there. He has to be in there. But like, I don't know. It's like you know. But you skipped over what Tina Turner in, uh... because it was. Oh, we already have her and Ike in there. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, Tom, real quick, I just want to talk about mm-hmm. these uh, th- these induction ceremonies. Dave Grohl's um, in there twice now too. Yeah, um, there's there's a few there's a there's a bunch of a few uh, doubles. Yeah, um, and all the Beatles and like they they put in Ringo as a solo <laughs> artist in 2015 because yeah, it, it was just like, like wow, we've milked everything. The yeah. Beatles. <laughs> How can we get a beetle to show up at our ceremony again? Um, And basically, it's like, maybe Paul will come if we put Ringo in. Wings isn't in there, or is Paul in there three times? Oh, I don't know. I don't think Wings is in. Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I asked it. Yeah. Wow. And let's take a long extended break while you check. (laughs) It took two seconds. Tim, time is money on the internet. It's not, Tom. A lot of of very... I was talking before and you got up and walked (laughs) around your room. A lot of influential... Nowhere near near the microphone. A lot of stockbrokers listen to this show, Tim, and they're, they're waiting to execute trades. And they, but they've got to finish the latest episode first. So the live performances at these induction ceremonies, they always kind of stink mm-hmm. because like it's all people who are like... You didn't find out if Wings is in there? I just said they're not. Oh, they're not. I didn't hear that. I wasn't listening. I know. You were you were yelling at me. You're a bad well, now, person. Now the I think just like turned. deep down, we need to we need to acknowledge that <laughs> you're not a good deep person. Down, I'm a bad person. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you just like to tear other people down. <laughs> All right. What? What? Will about you me? acknowledge this? No, I'm not going to acknowledge <laughs> that deep down. I'm a bad person. Fuck you. 
If you like the show, you can find out more. What were you going to say about the performances? I'm sorry. No, I thought I was typing too much. And uh, well, you, you, you finished you up if the Wings typing, was in there. So let's hear. I it. answered you, and then you yelled at me for looking it up, and then said I didn't answer you. Yeah. All right. But then I admitted I wasn't listening. <laughs> um. It's always like Paul Schaefer and a bunch of people. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, the up. backing band. Yeah, and then the bands come out, and it's always bands that like either hate each other and like have <laughs> no like uh, chemistry on stage anymore. Yeah, often, or not often, but there have been a lot of cases where it's like, this is the first time they've played together in, yeah. you know, 20 years. And they play their songs like either too fast or too slow. Yeah. Um, they don't make eye contact. Um, and they all look like, like there's always one guy that's like thrilled. Like it's usually the it. drummer yeah. that like, hey, we're all back together. <laughs> this back. is great. <laughs> My old life is coming back. This is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Then everybody else looks like they have like a, a sniper rifle trained on them. <laughs> And that, yeah, and that 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 one band member, the drummer or bassist, is backstage. Like, so guys, what do you think? A new tour? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I don't know. It's either that, or it's just like, yeah, we've been touring this whole time and putting out bad albums for the last twenty years, <laughs> and we'd like to play a little for of that for you now. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I don't know, and it's. Uh, you know, you're getting people past their prime because, like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah cause you got to be at least 46 years old to to be to be yeah. inducted there, and like, you're not gonna rock that hard. Um, but then this Prince guitar solo was from was mm-hmm. from uh, was it 2004? Uh, George Harrison's induction? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think Prince was inducted that. That oh okay time, yeah too, I was, which is I why was, he was there I was gonna say otherwise I'm shocked that he would show up to anything <laughs> um yeah 2004 you know what that guitar solo is good mm-hmm. but I don't think I like guitar solos because everybody talks about how like people who don't even like music have all <laughs> weighed in or about how that guitar solo changed their life and I yeah. uh, and like people are. are speaking so highly and i just i'm just like it's good i don't know i think i've seen well, prince play other guitar solos that are just as good i i was gonna say those people need to rent purple rain or, or just yeah. just watch more prince uh he's very good prince was like phoning it in that day and it was still you know phenomenal i'll i'll yeah i, I won't take that away but it's like oh prince is always was always that good like go check out his other stuff yeah um but he threw the guitar up and it never came down and now he's in heaven with the guitar finally so they say on twitter <laughs> No, you could see from one angle the guy who caught the guitar. He is like a yeah. guy. He had a guy mm-hmm. who would catch yeah, the he guitar. He did that at like every show. It's yeah. Just, it's oh, one of yeah. his bodyguards, yeah. And, and it was, you know, like a, I mean, that's what made him such a amazing showman that he had these choreographed, you know, like, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, James Brown with the, you know, putting the cape over mm-hmm. him. Like, you know, that showmanship, that's putting a little razzmatazz into it throw up a guitar and you don't care where it lands but secretly you know some big burly guy's gonna catch it and if he doesn't catch it you're gonna scream at him and fire him 
Tom, the world is lucky that we're here to debunk uh, the common wisdom that that was a really good guitar solo, <laughs> and uh, that was a cool trick he did with it by throwing his guitar in the air. It's a good thing we're here to be like, look, guys, it was fine. It was good, but he had a lot of good guitar solos, and a big guy caught his guitar. <laughs> it didn't go up to heaven. I'm just saying, look, I I, th- I actually just watched it again the other day because they put out like a director's cut. Yeah, which is, when, when have you ever gotten a director's cut of some <laughs> of a, performance from... Of an induction ceremony. <laughs> yeah. You should see the director's cut of my high school graduation, Tim. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> Different angles. You didn't know that Prince was right off stage the whole time. <laughs> um, no, it was great. It's just the the people that, yeah, talk breathlessly about it. I hope that it inspired them to listen to more Prince and check out more Prince stuff because, I don't know, I feel like anyone that was already a fan of Prince could still like it and still appreciate it and love it, but it was like not a like, he's never done this before. Yeah. It's like, no, nah, that's his thing. That's people... why he's fucking Prince. Yeah. I want to see these people just mind blown when they hear Bat Dance for the first time. Yeah. Or when they hear him playing Best of You during the Super Bowl. As as just like a passive aggressive fuck you at Foo Fighters for covering his song without permission. <laughs> And meanwhile, they were like, that was the coolest thing that's ever happened to us. That was not a like, oh, he got even with us. He played one of our (laughs) songs without permission in front of the biggest audience in the world. Yeah, Prince wasn't very good at revenge. (laughs) No, he wasn't. I think there were a lot of things like that with Prince that like, I don't know, he thought like... I think because he got so irritated by certain things, he thought like everybody's like this. So if I do this and it's like, well, no, if you do it, it's an honor. (laughs) People aren't going to be mad about it. Foo Fighters are going to play my song. I'll show them. I'll play their song. (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, that's the most amazing outcome we could have ever imagined. (laughs) If you like the show, you can find out more at tcgt.com. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash complete guide. Follow us on Twitter at complete guide. Follow us on Instagram at tcgte. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Tom Reynolds. Follow me at your pal, Tim. If you like the show, check out our sponsors. That helps. Also check out patreon.com slash complete guide for our secondary podcast, Books the Podcast. Tim, this week... We're kicking off 1984. Hey, we're going to party like it's 1984. Mm. See, that's an allusion to Prince uh, by George Orwell. George Orwell's second induction into Books the Podcast. Oh, yeah. We did Animal Farm. Yeah, which he wrote before. uh, It was the book before 1984. That's a pretty good back-to-back. What a run. Yeah. Uh, That's like self-titled followed by Color in the Shape right there. That's going (laughs) to earn him some acclaim. Yeah, the thing was after that, George Orwell wrote like 12 albums that weren't very good. (laughs) Had maybe one or two good songs, but the rest were all filler. Um, One or two good chapters and then just a bunch of filler chapters. Or or chapters that were just like other chapters he had written before. (laughs) Anyway... 
1984 by George Orwell. Books to podcast. <laughs> Patreon.com slash complete guide. Anybody will understand your extended uh, George Orwell <laughs> <laughs> Foo Fighters metaphor. Uh, you know what? For true fans will understand it, and they'll go sign up at patreon.com slash complete guide. Uh, full disclosure, I wanted to do this um, this topic mm-hmm. because the Foo Fighters got inducted, yeah. and I was hoping to backdoor like a Foo, <laughs> Foo Fighters Fighter. Part 2. Yeah, for anybody that doesn't know, Foo Fighters Part 1 is one of our most poorly received episodes ever. Uh, unfairly maligned if you ask me well me and you got too into the weeds it was not it was not for uh, even a casual Foo Fighters fan let alone somebody who didn't like Foo Fighters God forbid we put out a complete guide one week Jesus Christ God you know we gotta keep the bosses happy we gotta or else you know we're, we're gonna lose our name yeah so once every 10 years, we're going to do something where we actually talk about the topic comprehensively and everybody will complain. And it'll be a topic none of you want to hear about. Uh, are we going to go to Cleveland to cheer on the Foo Fighters? I would like to. October 30th. Okay. Ooh, spooky. Yeah. Well, almost spooky. <laughs> well, that's Devil's Night, Tim. Dangerous. <laughs> Ooh, no, a perfect night for rocking. That's true. Satan yeah, Tom, himself might show up. This is why I don't think you're a rocker. It's because you don't worship the devil like the rest of us. We'll see you next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.